I made a reference to Robin Williams. So I love um, his movies, what he stands for, you know, him as an individual. But I think the reason I referenced him was everyone knows who he, who he is. Everybody knows that he did comedy. He made the world laugh and he was so deeply unhappy. And I just wanted to make everyone aware that being successful doesn't mean that you will be happy and being successful doesn't mean that you have all your ducks in a row, you feel worthy and you feel loved and you have a fulfilled life. G'day folks, Troy Dean here and welcome to another episode of the WP Elevation podcast. My feature guest this week is a girl I met in the UK when I was out there for Lee Jackson's Agency Trailblazer live event in April. Uh, earlier this year, 2019. It was a fantastic event. I got to meet a bunch of people who I'd only known from from online. I can't stress this enough. The One of the best ways to expand your reach and your knowledge and your network and grow your business is to get out of the building and go to live events and meet people. It's just a really, really powerful uh, experience. And I met this girl at the event. She spoke on stage after me. She was wearing an, a dynamite yellow dress that just lit the room on fire, and her presentation was awesome. Uh, she is an anxiety coach. Her name is Samantha Hearn. You can find her on Instagram at A Happy Mind, and her Facebook group is called A Happy Mind. This is a fabulous episode. As I mentioned, she's an anxiety coach, and uh, she's had a, a great journey that she talks about uh, through anxiety herself, and she's just an absolute dynamo. So without further ado, let's go and meet Samantha Hearn. This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. Just before we get into this episode of the podcast, I have a quick favor to ask. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on iTunes at wpelevation.com slash iTunes. Or if you're not an Apple user, you can get us on Stitcher Radio at wpelevation.com slash Stitcher. And please, if you are on iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. It really does help us come up in the search results and get the show in front of a wider audience. And we love your feedback and we read all of the reviews. Thanks in advance. Now let's get back to the show. G'day folks, Troy Dean here and welcome to another episode of the WP Elevation podcast and I'm joined all the way from the UK at 6am in the morning. Please welcome my feature guest this week, Samantha Hearn. Hey Samantha, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Thanks for getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> it's madness. And now you've got a new puppy, is that right? I do. I do have a new puppy and he is six months old now. So I'm hoping that he plays ball while we're speaking today. <laughs> what, uh, what, what sort of dog is he? He's a Pomeranian. So oh, cool. Yeah, he's super small and fluffy and very, very cute. So 6 a.m. wake up calls isn't so unusual for me now. Right. And so you must clearly love vacuuming if you've got a Pomeranian. No, he doesn't molt. Oh, really? Yeah, they don't molt. Oh, wow. That's I know. That's got to be a criteria. We've got a little Maltese terrier and you look at her and hair just falls everywhere. It's just oh, ridiculous. Oh, my God, no. Yeah. He doesn't molt. He doesn't smell. He doesn't, like, slobber. It's a dream. Wow. All right, I'm going to keep that in mind. There's like there's three uh, uh, three tick items because I swear the next dog we get is just not going to molt. I just live with. <laughs> anyway, um, hey, for those that don't know, who is Samantha Hearn and why would you be here on the podcast? 
So my name is Sam and I live in London and there's a few things really if you don't know who I am which is totally okay. So I do anxiety and startup business coaching but I spend a lot of time going into um, corporates, schools and events talking about mindset, work-life balance, anxiety and then the majority of the time I hang out online is with other female entrepreneurs that want to grow their business through social media, grow their community and they want to do it in a really organic way. So that's what I do in a very small nutshell. Mm. Why? And you and I met at mm. uh, Lee Jackson's fantastic event uh, in Wellingborough in April, uh, the Agency Transformation Live event. Uh, I spoke, you spoke straight after me, and uh, I didn't know anything about you when you spoke, but you just floored me. I watched your whole presentation and my jaw just dropped. I was just enamoured with your presence and your story. Um, but you said something, when you first hit the stage, you said something, you referenced my talk. Mm-hmm. Can you just recap what you said? Because uh, I think it's an interesting aspect to storytelling in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so before and similarly, when you go to these events, you never quite know, and I just did a live event actually on Saturday, you never quite know what the energy will be of everyone else because, of course, everyone's an individual. You don't know who you're feeding off. And I knew that before I spoke, I was speaking after you. I knew of you from your kind, where you sit in the realm of what you do, but I didn't, again, spend a lot of time learning about energy and you know the presentation you would give and I think that's really important when you're in an event because you kind of want to piggyback off everyone else so that the audience kind of stays in there like the zone and they get that really positive energy and I'd already planned for my first sentence to be I love alliteration which was my first point and throughout your talk everything was alliterated and I was thinking Everyone is going to think that I'm just copying Troy's talk. So that was one of them. My second one was about um, the fact that I love metaphors. And you spoke hugely about turning your business and using it in a really, really relatable way through metaphors. And I was thinking... This is this is ridiculous. Like I'm going to stand up there and people are going to think that I'm basically not prepared. So when I first stood up, I thought I've got to just go with this and just embrace the similarities. So the first thing I said was, I promise I'm not copying Troy Dean, but I do actually have a lot of the same things in the same format that he shares. So that was kind of the first thing. Um, but then I made a reference to Robin Williams So I love um, his movies, what he stands for, you know, him as an individual. But I think the reason I referenced him was everyone knows who he is. Everybody knows that he did comedy. He made the world laugh and he was so deeply unhappy. And I just wanted to make everyone aware that being successful doesn't mean that you will be happy. And being successful doesn't mean that you have all your ducks in a row you feel worthy and you feel loved and you have a fulfilled life. Mm. And of course, everyone in the room, you know, wasn't at that extreme level of unhappiness, but I thought it's a good place to highlight why I was there and why it's so important that we do check in with ourselves on a regular basis. Mm. 
How did you get into, and, and I'm privy to this, so you and I have had this conversation, we hung out at the speaker's dinner, uh, we, I, you know, we told each other uh, some very intimate details about our, our histories, <laughs> um, some of which won't get broadcast on this show. Um, uh, so I'm privy to this, but uh, just for our audience, how did you get into anxiety coaching? Mm, we, I get this question quite a lot. So I think... The biggest thing is obviously my journey and how I've got to where I am now. So I lost my dad when I was um, 14, really unexpectedly, and I lived with him. I didn't live with my mum. Then my mum, obviously, she had to move home with me and my brother because we were so young. And then when we were 18, she moved to Jamaica and sold our family home. So by the time I got to 20, my brother had then moved to Glasgow to be with his now wife. So there'd been a lot of um, change, unexpected, uncontrolled change. So I'd been kind of thrust into this adult world as a, as a child and realised just how brutal it could be. And I think that for me, not that I knew this at the time, but in hindsight, that that did shape who I would become. Definitely going into university, having to start over, meet new people. So anxiety became a really, really big part of who I was. But again, I didn't really recognise that that wasn't normal. I didn't really recognise that everybody didn't worry about fitting in and everybody didn't worry about pleasing everyone and saying yes to everything. And everybody didn't feel that they were constantly on high alert to make sure that everybody loved them and thought they were fun and fabulous. I just thought that that was a teenage thing and maybe it was hormones and, you know, you go through these phases. And only when I then met my now husband... I was 20 when we first met, and that's a whole different story. But um, we then, when I was 22, started a relationship. And it was, I turned into someone, honestly, now I can't recognize. I was just such an insecure person. I struggled so much with being in this relationship when I'd never struggled before. So fear of abandonment came up, trust rejection you know I just anxiety just I can't explain enough how it it just controlled so much of what I did it controlled my decisions so I sorted that out for myself and I'm sure we will go into that further but Mm. when I got to about 27 I realized that there's no one just talking really frankly and honestly about solutions there's so much support about what anxiety is the triggers what to look for but for someone to just stand in front of you and say look I know how hard it is you're not alone it can be really tough this is actually what I did because that's one thing I missed I missed I wanted answers and when I was in that depth of despair I just wanted someone to say Sam just do this and you will start to make changes so I then created an Instagram, and the rest is history, really. Mm. And the Instagram is called? A Happy Mind. A Happy Mind. Um, so there's lots to unpack here, but the obvious question is, what did you do to get through, or what did you do to learn to manage your anxiety? Mm, lo- lots of different things, but which I now repurpose and repackage in my own way but I did go to counseling I did do CBT I read a book which I know that you've read because we've spoken about it but for anyone listening and if if mental health is something that you want to look after and you want to spend more time understanding yourself even if it's not necessarily anxiety you have to read the chimp paradox Hmm. it became 
my Bible. So the book is unbelievable at just breaking down how your brain actually works. Mm. And I think for me that even though I did love um, counseling and CBT, again, there was that missing link. They weren't there to give me the answers. They were there to listen. Whereas the book, I felt like it actually did give me answers. You know, this is why your brain is like this. This is why your brain is like this. And I would, every day, I would read a, a chapter and it had homework tasks in and I had a chimp paradox like journal. I would then write out the homeworks. I'd go through the tasks. I would then talk to Luke and say, who's my husband, these are the things that we're working on this week. This is what you need to be focusing on. This is what I need to be focusing on. Because I'm lucky, you know, he did want me to be my happy self. Mm. So we then worked through the book. And I think that was the thing that gave me real action points so they would be the three things. But if you were to take anything from this, it would be to read The Chimp Paradox, for sure. The Chimp, the chimp Paradox. Who's the author of The Chimp Paradox again? Remind me. Dr. Steve Barron, I think. Dr. S- Dr. Steve Barron, as she reaches for Dr. Google on the phone to, to double check. Dr. Oh, Steve Barron, uh, The Chimp Paradox. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. I'm just spelling this out for the people who write the show notes so they can make sure they grab a link to that and stick it in the show notes. Uh, stick a link to the Amazon book. Uh, in in the show notes, if it's on Amazon, the Chimp Paradox. Steve Peters. Steve Peters. There we go. Steve Peters. Um, uh, CBT for those that don't know, by the way, is cognitive behavioural therapy. Uh, my wife is a clinical psychologist, so we talk about this stuff all the time. Um, she's a big fan of of ACT, which is acceptance commitment therapy, which is kind of a variation falls under the CBT banner. Um, so I'm curious. What then, like at some point you, you say, okay, I've had a bit of a journey here um, and I'm going to tee you up to, you know, I'm, I'm teeing you up to hit this one out of the park, but how do you then get into a place where you're like, you know what, I can help other people with their anxiety? How do you, like, that, like how do you go from, some, from experiencing that anxiety to then putting yourself out there and saying, I've worked stuff out and I can help you with your anxiety? Two reasons. My past career was a teacher, so... It's, That's right. It, it, yeah, so it's, it's in my blood to help people. Um, you know, public speaking was part of my day job. Empowering teenagers, which is definitely a tough crowd, was, you know, <laughs> what I've done for <laughs> a decade. And I think, yeah. do you know what, Troy? I'm going to be really honest and say, because I know, that I, ha- I know that what I say is true. I haven't learned it just from books. It's not the science and the psychology. It's real life. And I know that people want that. So I just had a, I had a deep, passion for teaching because it's what I've always done um, and I knew that I could transfer that but more than that I know that I know that it works because my life is completely different now so I feel like people before they even care about what I'm saying they care about the person I am and Mm. they care about the energy that I'm giving and and their honesty and that, that authentic truth and I think that's what makes me realize that I can help other people and I think that gave me the biggest biggest realization that I'm I'm the living proof that you can change things so come and hang out with me so I didn't start when I started my business coaching straight away I started building my community so I grew a Facebook group and I would hang out with them every single week. I would do lives. I would talk to them. And that's, that's probably on a more tangible quantifiable note, 
when I realized that this was something big, you know, this was something people wanted because they wanted to hang out with me. There was no obligation. They'd show up for the lives. They'd engage with me. So that was probably the kind of factual side of how I knew that this would work. But initially it was just the fact that I've, I've done this, it's all I know. And I, I felt like I had transformed my life in a way that I knew would help other people. I'm curious, and I, th- I think we spoke about this in the UK, but I'm curious uh, about some of the strategies or some of the practical things that you do to overcome imposter syndrome. When you put yourself out there as a thought leader, public speaker, influencer, you know, own a Facebook group, whatever, I've got something to say, I want to share it with the world. At some point, there's a little voice in the back of your head that says, no one's going to listen to you. You're a bloody idiot. Shut up. Uh, how do you, I get that all the time, by the way. Yeah. Um, uh, how, do you, how do you deal with the self-doubt and the imposter syndrome? Okay, so if you, I say this all the time. If you were to imagine a ladder and everyone just picture, it doesn't matter what type of ladder, but then imagine people on all of the different runs on the ladder. And you might have Troy on the top run, you might have the Oprah, Richard Branson, whoever it might be that you're aspiring to create a life like and you really resonate with and they're your role models. Hmm. What you have to recognize, this is where I start anyway, is they didn't start at the top of the ladder. And there was a time when they were on the bottom run and all they did was a live. Then all they did was a live and share it on a broadcast. Then they did a podcast. Then they went and networked at events. They didn't go and keynote at them. They went and they met people. So I always thought to myself, it's okay if right now I'm worried that no one will come to my live. But if I don't show up and go live, I'm not going to run up the ladder. I'm just saying, looking up at everyone, thinking their life is, you know, what I want, but I'm not taking action. So whenever imposter syndrome sets in, think to yourself, that imposter syndrome will be there whether you take a step on the ladder or you don't. So surely it would be better to have this little voice thinking, oh, maybe it's not going to work, but have done something to at least try and create a reality around it than to not do anything and then constantly feel like, and this is probably a bit deeper, but constantly feel like you're not good enough. You're not doing what you love. You you have a kind of jealousy of, oh, I wish I could just do this. I wish I could just do that. So rather than have that, that kind of negative connotation to this person at the top of the ladder, try and get closer to them. Just take small steps every day. That's all I did. And of course there are times where it did bomb but I learned something from that and I and I took something away and it, it makes you more relentless it makes you more resilient, resilient so I would yeah. say just think about taking one step on the ladder it doesn't matter if you're not 10 steps up just yet but you'll end up with nine steps to go eight steps to go seven steps to go so that would be that's what I say all the time the funny thing is, too, um, I was talking about this with my wife recently, and uh, the antidote – so imposter syndrome is a form of anxiety as far as I'm concerned because what you're doing is you're – and in, in, in uh, the words of a very wise man by the name of Seth Godin who said this recently, anxiety is experiencing failure in advance mm-hmm. before, before it even happens. And imposter syndrome is, is a form of that. And I love the way you say that imposter syndrome is going to be there whether you take the action or not. Yeah. Right. So you may as well take the action. What a lot of people don't realize is that the antidote to imposter syndrome is taking the action 
and getting some kind of feedback from the world, which gives you a little bit more confidence to take the next action. And that confidence breeds confidence breeds confidence cycle starts. And before you know it, you look back on your life six months ago and go, wow, I can't believe I was afraid of that. I'll give you an example. We just ran an event out in Santa Monica a couple of weeks ago and we set up the room the night before. And I remember the on the morning of the event there were you know 75 people coming to the event a whole bunch of speakers there were banners and posters and stuff everywhere it was beautifully branded we had these massive led screens we had registration table at the front sponsors everyone was wearing madonna headset microphones i was running the entire day i remember walking around the room looking at the room saying to myself and saying to a couple of the team members i used to sit in rooms like this at other people's events Mm. and think wow wouldn't it be amazing to lead an event like this and here I am a few years later leading an event like this. And now I look at events where there's 25,000 people in a stadium and go, wow, wouldn't it be amazing to lead an event like that? And in my mind, it's only a matter of time yeah. and figuring out how that works. That's the only question. Yes, mm-hmm. imposter syndrome is there every day. Imposter syndrome is there every single day. Um, I love the way you say that it's going to be there anyway, whether you take yeah. the action or not. So you may as well do something mm-hmm. and experience the, the imposter syndrome. Um, On that, very quickly, yeah. two things I just wanted to say to reinforce what you've just said. And I said this at an event on Saturday, which was all about my talk was about how to use social media for your business. Mm. And I said to people, you know, you you might look at my account and think X, Y, and Z, but exactly what you've just said. If people take anything from this podcast, just write this down because it was a complete game changer for me. From action comes clarity, not failure. So mm. if you take action and you think, do you know what? I really want to write a book. You start writing it. You get three months in and you just think it's not my jam. It doesn't yeah. make me happy and it's not what I want to do. Yeah. You haven't failed. You've got clarity. Yeah. If you decide to run an event in New York, but all of your audience live in LA and you don't get the numbers you hoped for, that gives you clarity for the next time. It's never a failure. So yeah. from action comes clarity, not failure. And that's that's exactly what you've learned. And and also to recognize that time changes everything for the better or the worse. So if yeah. you take action, time will change for the better. If yep. you don't take action, time will not change anything for you. Yeah. So, yeah. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. A um, couple of questions. One, you when you got up on stage at Agency Transformation, I'm going to speak on behalf of everyone that was in the room, you were wearing a smashing frock. It was absolutely smashing. Tell us about the colour yellow. Okay. So a lot of people ask me, did I just brand my business around yellow because it's a happy colour? But my wedding was yellow themed. My kitchen is yellow. So I've always loved yellow. And there's a reason. I love the sunshine. I absolutely love being in the sun. I love being, you know, hence coming to Australia for Christmas. I love, um, I just, I love the warmth. And I think for me as a, a child, if I was to go deeper, I love baths as well. I love being surrounded oh. by warm energy. And I think it was more of a comfort thing. I felt, mm. you know, I didn't have to have loads of clothes on. I didn't have all of these layers kind of look protecting me. I just had the nature, the sun. I love sunbathing. I just, I love being outside. And I think the color yellow meant that for me. Yellow to me doesn't necessarily mean happiness. It means security. It means warmth. Yeah. It means like comfort. So, yeah. So when I, even in my life way before a happy mind, 
I'd have I did have yellow in my wardrobe, but I'm gonna be honest, it wasn't to the amount I have now. <laughs> but I um I think definitely the, the colour, I'm very fortunate that it's a colour that people associate with happiness and brightness and energy. But for me, definitely, I've just I've always loved the colour yellow. I've always loved what it stands for. And I think it's it's really easy for me to put that into my brand because it is just a part of who I am. So I can be really authentic with it. And sometimes people say to me, Sam, you need to wear a different colour because it literally is your whole wardrobe yellow. But yeah, I love it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the other thing is that when you're at the end of the day, when you're talking about the speakers, oh, who's your favourite speaker? And someone says, oh, that girl in that yellow dress. Exactly. It's memorable. That, I mean, they might not remember your name, but they remember the girl in the yellow dress who was talking about a happy mind. Tell the other story. I love this story. Um, you, when you were at Upreneur, Chris Ducker's yeah. event uh, last year, I believe it was, yeah. and they had a Q&A section where you could get up and stand in front of the microphone and ask the people on the stage a question. Tell us yeah. what happened. Okay, so again, I was wearing yellow because whenever I go to these events, I'll always make sure I'm on brand. Um, and I, I do go as a consumer, but I also go as a potential speaker. You know, like that's really important. And also I'm, I know that I'm good at what I do on stage. So I thought, you know, I want to connect with people. I want people to know who I am, but I do want people to know the passion. So how will I do that? So on the first day, they had this 15-minute section, and I hadn't been before, so I didn't know what, what this meant. There was a 15-minute slot where anyone in the audience, and I'd say there was maybe 500 people, mm. um, and there were two st- microphones in the corner of the stage, and people were just going and lining up, basically, and they were going onto the stage, being filmed. Everyone saw their faces, and they were asking questions. And I thought... Um, oh no, like I've missed my opportunity because people don't know what I do. Like this is, I need to get on the stage. Anyway, then on day two, he did the same thing. Ironically, I didn't have a question. I had nothing that I wanted to say, but I, I thought it. all I want is for everyone in this room to know my name, to know what I do and to want to start a conversation. So let's just go and line up and figure it out. So again, from action comes clarity. So just yes. go and see what happens. And I thought, what's the worst thing? I ask a question that people aren't bowled over by, but that wasn't the point. I didn't That's want right. people to remember the question. I wanted to know who I was. So I, I stood in the queue and I was like, okay, Sam, it was about money. The, the conversation was about money. Hmm. So I then got on the stage. Hi, my name's Sam. I'm from a happy mind. My business is all about helping entrepreneurs who struggle with anxiety prime audience they're all entrepreneurs and my question is what's the funnest way you've ever made money make it positive make it light people don't get a heavy answer so they forget who I was so I then wait there at the end thank you everyone and I walked off so afterwards but it's true afterwards I had big people come and speak to me and there was one guy who I know that you know now, which I didn't know. He came up to me in the audience and afterwards he said, oh, Sam, you know, you were amazing. Your energy. I was on the stage for like 10 seconds. Your energy. Um, I said to my table, you're going to make the most money in this whole room. You, you, mm. I cannot believe I don't know who you are. Incidentally, I then find out he's pretty big in the game. <laughs> and um, it, we connect later and he says, you know, can you come and speak at my event? I'm in Australia. Then I meet Troy. 
in April and he's going to the same event. So if I'd have never just taken that action, none of this would have happened. Yeah, yeah. Dale Beaumont is the man who approached you after being on stage. And of course, he runs Business Blueprint, fantastic entrepreneur and a huge mentor of mine and a big supporter. And I'm going to be speaking there at his event in November. And I think you're coming out in February. Um, That's awesome. I love it. And I love the fact that you didn't, I love the fact that you just got in the queue and then just made it up. By the time you got to the microphone, you had a question figured out. And I love the fact that you were in yellow and you're on brand and all that. I, I love the intention behind all of that. It's fantastic. Um, so what's the business model these days? What is, what is a happy mind? What is the commercial side of the business? So it's changed a bit now. And I got this from Richard Branson. I read his book and he said, I can tell if someone will be successful, not by the money they earn, but by the habits they keep. Mm. And that Mm. taught me quite a bit because I think in my first year as an entrepreneur, I didn't know what the frick I was doing, to be honest with you. I was just Mm. showing up online getting one-to-one clients, you know, kind of just working out as I go. In my second year, I wanted to obviously streamline and now I'm in my third year. So basically now I still do one-to-one clients, but Mm. I have group coaching programs. I also have a membership. I run my own live events and I do a lot of public speaking and workshops. Mm. So I've tried to create more, excuse me, more of a platform now where I have a consistent residual baseline which falls obviously from my more passive things like my courses my online groups and my membership and then obviously my speaking and my one-to-one kind of you know continue to elevate the business so it's a it's a few models put into one really because I'm still doing the one-to-one I'm I I now have a membership but my third year is all about um, and this was my my theme for this year is take bigger risks and enjoy bigger rewards Mm. now I feel the business is definitely in a place you know I've got two team members I can travel and you know go where I'd like to go and I'm about to hire someone else I feel like the business is in a place where I have the capacity and the freedom now to take bigger risks Mm. so I'm exploring that at the moment how I can I want to be seen everywhere and I want I want I have that passion Mm. so now I'm taking a lot more time thinking about visibility of the brand and things like that but I don't really know if that answers your question, really. Or if that no, does. Just- yeah, no, it absolutely <laughs> yeah. does. Um, how, how? What's the what's the strategy at the moment for uh, for getting clients? Is it just through the just through the online communities? Yeah, the majority, and also um, the, the speaking events that I do. But yeah, my mm. community is super engaged, and you, I take it, you you work with me for nine months, so mm. it means that I have a lot of time then to promote when I have spaces. So I'm never in a situation where I need, you know, 10 new one-to-one clients. So it's kind of drip fed in and I've only got one spot available to start in September. So it kind of has a bit more of of an organic flow now, which I'm really proud that I've got to that point because, of course, there was a point where I was trying to get clients all the time and, you know, just get climbing up the business. So, yeah, that's kind of where I am now. Awesome. Um, the Facebook group is a happy mind. If I just search for the Facebook group, a happy mind, that's where I'll find it. Yeah, that's the best place to that's the best place to follow you, follow along and join in the conversation. Yeah, that's the best place to hang out. Instagram's where I show up daily and just put up pictures of my puppy, and you know, you see the real side of me. But Facebook's where you get my lives, my coaching, resources, invitations to things. So yeah, the group's more meaty. I would say the Instagram's more daily. Awesome. I'm going to share a quick story about Instagram and authenticity. We got a, a celebrity here in Australia called Carrie Bickmore, who's quite well known. She's a TV presenter, 
Uh, she is the host of a show called The Project, which is on at seven o'clock every night on one of our commercial television stations. And it's like an alternative way of, of sharing the news. So they kind of share the news stories, but you know, for younger people in a more interesting format. Anyway, she had, a, she had a baby. She was on maternity leave. She's passed out on the couch holding her baby, you know, looking like shit because the baby's four weeks old and she's exhausted and underslept, which is what a mother with a four-week-old looks like. And her husband took a photo and she saw the photo and she was like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, a beautiful moment, but I look like shit. Can you take it again? Because I want to share it on Instagram. So she poses the photo with a cowboy hat over her head and holding the baby beautifully and the husband takes the photo and the photo's amazing. She looks at it and she says, yeah, that's a beautiful photo, but the moment is not there. The yeah. moment that he captured is in the first photo. So she shared both photos on Instagram and she actually told the story about why she took the second photo. She took the second photo because she wanted to share it on Instagram and as soon as she saw it, she said, the first photo is more authentic. So she just shared both of them on Instagram. Really powerful. And for someone with her following, who's a, who's a female role model, strong female role model, I thought it was a really powerful uh, story to tell, especially for social media, especially for Instagram. I don't understand Instagram. I think it's ruining the world. I don't get it. Um, but I think it's all about the people you follow. Um, final question is, and I hope you don't mind me asking, what are the tattoos on the wrist? Oh, so I have a twin brother. So on my um, oh. forearm, I have Big Little. My twin brother has Little Big. That's right. And then that, I have my dad's handwriting on my wrist, which there's love always. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. I think I remember yeah. the Big Little one because I think we spoke about that in, in yeah. uh, Wellingborough. So you're twin brother, but you're, you're eldest, are you? I'm the oldest one by three minutes, yeah. Right. And we just That's celebrated right. our birthday last week. Right. Fantastic. Happy birthday. Thank you. Wow, that's great. Hey, Samantha Hearn, I could I could sit here and chat with you all day. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. This has been so much fun, and uh, I look forward to hopefully look forward to bumping into you when you're out in Australia for summer. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Thanks, Samantha. Cheers, guys. That's uh, another episode of the WP Elevation podcast. Uh, hit us up on iTunes with a rating and a review. Tell us what you think of the show so that we can make it better and tell us if you've got any ideas on who you'd like to see next. Uh, and hit us up on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, that's where we spend most of our time. I look forward to speaking with you again next week on the podcast. Until then, I'm Troy Dean. Go Elevate. <laughs>